Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast. Your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. And here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. Tribe, and welcome to another episode of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. And um, wanted to tell you guys that uh, Casey and I were chatting about something that I wonder if you have sort of felt or thought about before, too. And um, with Casey's big news, if you haven't heard that she's going to be publishing a book sometime soon, yay, Casey. Thank you. I am super excited about that. <laughs> right, right. And so um, we were kind of chatting about that, uh, about the whole book writing process and and started to realize that we both have kind of gone through the same like roller coaster of emotions that have come with writing a book, but also I've noticed have come with you know pretty much anything that you want to share with other people, be it, you know, a blog post or an idea that you're trying in your class that you want to try with other people. And um, it seems like whenever you share stuff, you think that your voice is or your ideas or something that other people probably have already done, or maybe this isn't good enough to share or something. And it's something that we, we're realizing that has kept us down and kept us from pulling the trigger and putting some things out there that could potentially help some people. The, the reality that we're coming to find is that it's really important to get it out there, even if even if you still got some reservations and some doubts about it, and you're not totally sure of yourself. Am I kind of on the right track there, Casey? Yes. So I sort of equated this with when I put out my first blog post, which if you've ever read it, it's called A Perfectionist with Paralysis. But I honestly didn't think that my blog had mattered at all. I was only doing it because I was telling other teachers to do it. And I felt like I needed to actually, you know, do what I was, I was saying and practice what I preach, so to speak. But I mean, the whole post is really about my fears and, you know, how I felt like everything had to be at a certain level in order to share it. And that's not true. Things are valuable all along the way. And I have learned that, of, of course, but, you know, that being authentic is much more important than being perfect, which we're never going to be perfect. But, you know, that's something I went through with the blog. It's something I've gone through with the book. And Matt has sort of echoed those those same ideas. And it's something I think we even struggled with the podcast. You know, in the beginning, we felt like, oh, it's got to be highly edited. 
updated and we can't, you know, like <laughs> Chris made sure that our bloopers <laughs> came out. So, Thank you for so that. that you, you get, you get a, you get a little taste of the real Casey and Matt and hopefully you get to know us a little bit better than you do in just reading a blog post and hearing our voice. But the bottom line is really, I want, I want other people to learn from this because it is important and very powerful to share your learning in whatever format that is, even if you share a tweet about how your lesson just went all wrong and you fell, you know, you failed flat on your face. <laughs> and, 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 but that's okay because you learned something that, that you're going to apply to the next lesson. And also how many other teachers can you help keep from making those same mistakes and, and, you know, sharing the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. It always kind of makes me come back to this this line that I think originated with Steve Jobs. I've heard it told through Seth Godin before, and he says it, there's this phrase that goes with it. It's uh, just ship it. You know, that, that was like, even if it doesn't look perfect, even if it isn't right there, get it out the door and um, it's going to help somebody out. So anyway, for for whatever that's worth, that was something that was kind of heavy on uh, Casey and I's minds and uh, something that we wanted to touch on. And hopefully... Hopefully this episode will be something that that we can uh, share freely and not be too concerned about. And uh, so, <laughs> so, so Casey, what do we have in this episode? Oh, we've got some fun stuff in this episode. We're going to talk about ways to make learning blended and interactive with some really fun tools that work inside G Suite. So we're, we're sort of reaching out into some third-party tools like Insert Learning and Pear Deck, which got some new updates that are awesome. We've also got some Stack Up and Screencastify. So we really just wanted to reach into uh, hitting some of those notes that help you bring it all together and to use these tools, of course, to, to create some fun learning experiences for your students. And of course, we've got some fun updates from Google and some feedback from our listeners. So, uh, Matt, are you ready to get going on this? I don't know. Should we do this? (laughs) We may already be boring them, so we better get going. (laughs) Yeah, let's get started. So let's dig into some updates, and we're going to start with a couple of little things that may actually be kind of big things for you, depending on what you do. And one of them has to do with improved accessibility in sheet slides and drawings. So one of the things that's changed in sheets is that you can now use Braille displays to read and edit text in doc slides and drawings, but now you can do sheets as well. And I've never seen a Braille display. I, this This whole idea fascinates me, and I'm thinking... Just the idea of being able to work within a sheet um, using Braille is, is pretty fascinating. So they continue to add that, which is great. And then there's also the ability to use screen magnifiers with Google Slides and Drawings, which I know is a huge uh, accessibility issue with uh, people with uh vision impairment. So um, those are all out there. And then there's also a couple of little menu improvements within Docs and Slides. If you've been working within those two apps and have been going up into the menus, you may have noticed 
that um, you know the line and page break and docs has kind of moved around. Now it's under insert break. Uh, so they've got that. And then if you want to add alt text to a shape, which you may or may not do, um, now you can right click on it and there's a there's an option there. And then you can also change the change a shape and slide by actually right clicking on it and change shape, which is kind of nice because before you had to go all the way up into the format menu and change it. So those are some of the little things that are changing that you may or may not have seen. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of big updates to our usual applications, but we got some fun stuff to talk about too. So uh, this was circling the internet, I think, even before the official blog post came out. So if you haven't haven't downloaded the Google Arts and Culture app on your mobile device, you should do that now, even if you want to click pause. And uh, a lot of you, not everybody, it's not completely compatible on in every area just yet, but there is something new in there where it will allow you to take your camera and take a selfie and match you with a piece of artwork to find your doppelganger, so to speak, in art. And it's it's been hilarious because as soon as it came out, everybody was posting their images, uh, you know, showing what which piece of art they look like. And some of them are, are pretty hilarious. And you see the similarities, but you're like, uh, OK, I, so I'm a little afraid of it. Honestly, it's not working on my phone yet. And I'm OK with that because I'm afraid of what <laughs> what what piece of art I'm going to look like. So it may depend on what day you do it to, I guess, in your mood that's showing up through your face. But. It's a pretty cool app, and I think Google Arts and Culture ends up making almost every episode of the Google Teacher Tribe. There's just so much fun stuff, and and so they just added that. I was like, that's brilliant, you know, that you can search by a face, and and that's really what that means. So, so that's a really cool update. And then we also have a, a nice little announcement for education that the Doodle for Google submissions are open. So I'm sure most of you have at least seen the doodles. If you didn't realize it was a, a contest for K-12 students, but those those images that are drawings made by students that get to make the Google homepage. Now, um, of course, they don't all make the homepage, but this is a K-12 competition too. This is not just for the itty bitties and it's not just for the, the older ones who have extremely you know high artistic abilities. Anyone can enter this and the entries are from January 8th to March 2nd. So there's only eight weeks to get it in, but there's a lot at stake here. So one national winner will win $30,000 is a college scholarship and a $50,000 technology package for their school. So your school can win too. And I can tell you when I've, I've shared just the idea of Doodle for Google across the country and I end up having people in the audience who are like, my kid made the regional finals. And it, so, so there's, there's a whole process to it. And it, you don't just have to, you know, win it or nothing, but what a great way to tap into creativity in the classroom. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. I was just saying off air to Casey that I want to get my, my own kids to, to sketch something and, and send it in too. So I think, I think this will be really cool. And by the way, I did, while you were talking, believe it or not, I downloaded the Google arts and culture app and I took a selfie and I don't think I look like any of these people, but I did take Uh-oh. a screenshot and I will toss one of them into the show notes and you all can check it out and let me Do know. Do I what get you- to stare at this one during the whole show? <laughs> yeah. Just like in the last one with the, with the, yeah. yeah, you might, I don't know. We'll, well have to see. So. <laughs> Sean Payne 
did request that we both do it and uh i mm-hmm. sorry sean i will i will join the challenge as soon as it's compatible on my phone or i, I borrow somebody else's that allows me to do it i know i know stupid iphone 10 so yeah. uh but but it, it is fun so i can't wait to see what yours looks like matt and then the last thing we wanted to say was um, if you're in a school or district that's considering a Chromebook pilot, like uh, looking at getting some Chromebooks for the district. Now, um, note that Casey and I are not reimbursed for this in any way whatsoever. We just think it's cool and wanted to pass it along that there is a, for a limited time, U.S. schools that haven't tried Chromebooks before can get free professional development and deployment services when they buy at least 20 Chromebooks and Chrome education licenses. Um, it won't last forever, but if that's the kind of like the gentle nudge that your school or district needs to kind of give this a shot, this might be really good. And I know for me, whenever I first got my hands on a set of Chromebooks in my classroom, it made a world of difference. So uh, we've got links to that and, of course, all the other updates at googleteachertribe.com slash 40. So in today's episode, I want to introduce you to a Chrome extension that I recently discovered. I know it's been around for for a lot longer, but I think the potential for this is amazing. It's called Insert Learning, and it's a Chrome extension that lets you turn your websites into interactive lessons. And once you hear what this can actually do, you're going to be like me. You're like, wow, why hasn't someone already thought of this? Because it, it's just, it's just so, so amazing and so obvious. So what it's going to allow you to do is to add information, annotate and add questions and videos inside any web page. You, you can just plug it right in. Like you're, you're just adding all these things inside the web page and then you can assign it to students. So. So this is just really great for blended learning experiences and, you know, the potential for what this can offer. You know, if I assign an article to my students, oftentimes I might also have a video that's, you know, a great companion to that. And I would have to, okay, my students are going to click here and then go here. Or maybe I've got a hyperdoc, but it's still a process. But to get it all in one place and to have them stop at a certain point in the text and watch that video even better. Or what if you can stop and ask a question? You can do a check for understanding as they are progressing through whatever type of content is on that website. So I love this, Matt. I think this is just a really fabulous Chrome extension. And I, I'm going to walk you through the basics here. So, of course, it's a Chrome extension. you got to use Google Chrome. And if you're not, uh, we need to have a whole other discussion. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, we're going to sit down. We're going we're gonna to have a whole other conversation. No, use Google Chrome. Go to the Chrome Web Store and install the extension. Of course, we've got the link in our show notes, googleteachertribe.com slash 40. Go install the extension. And so once you set up your account and you enable this extension, you'll be able to open up a web page and click on that extension. And then you get this amazing little toolbar that pops up over on the left hand side. And so the toolbar of course, this is where all the tools are. Go figure, right? Uh, <laughs> this is where you can 
highlight the text on the page. So you can highlight certain points you want kids to get. You can add sticky notes. You can put those right there on the web page. You can insert free response questions or multiple choice questions on the page. You can insert a discussion topic. And you can even insert uh, and embed videos in there right right in the web page. So I, I'm looking at this right now just on, on my website that I have open and not doing it inside the Google Doc. But it works inside a Google Doc. So if you've ever wanted to insert a video inside a Google Doc, this will work. However, what it does is it prompts you to publish to the web. So it turns it into a publish to the web Google Doc and does that. But hey, everybody's been begging for videos inside Google Docs forever. So so it's pretty awesome. Now, if you take a look at, at the potential of what this can offer, the the website itself has this little tour and this little demo that it walks you through to show you how to use it. And I included a little screenshot there of what it actually looks like in the show notes. So you can kind of see and it tells you that you can in- insert instructional content on any web page and it will show you and sort of prompt you so that you walk through all of the little tools and learn how to use it right there. So the other piece is that this is extremely googly, y'all. It is something that we can use with Chromebooks. You can sign in with your Google account and you can share to Google Classroom directly. Okay. It's also something that, again, you can add those, insert those YouTube videos. You can use it on published Google Docs. And guess what? I have a coupon for those of you who are interested. So it is freemium, so to speak. So there are pieces that are free. Um, I believe you get five lessons for free. So go check it out. You'll be sold just like I am. I don't typically like to promote products that are not free unless I just absolutely love them. So, so check them out. And I have a, a coupon so you can get a full month of premium and try all of the features inside my new ebook, The 18 Challenges for Teachers in 2018. So so go try Insert Learning and let me know what you think. Yeah. Oh, and this is one that I've been familiar with for a little while, too. And, um, you know, my mind just starts to spin at what you can do with this, you know, um, just finding an article online and having a discussion inside of it or, um, you know, creating your own Web page and then having kids walk through it and answer questions and interact with the things that you've got on it. Um you know, there's just there's just really a lot that you can do with this one. And it fits so well into our topic for today about blended interactive learning. And so, um, yeah, this is definitely a good one to check out. So one that I wanted to touch on that'll let you kind of do that blended learning approach, so to speak, is one called Stack Up. And this one, um, Stack Up relates a little bit more to uh, reading online. And since we've got all of these articles out there on the web that um, students can be reading on a variety of different topics, there's not really been a great way to kind of like keep track of what kids are reading until Stackup came along. Stackup calls itself the Fitbit of the internet, which I think is such a cool <laughs> description. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's and, great. Yeah. And so um, basically what Stackup is, is a Chrome extension. And so you install the Chrome extension into your Chrome browser and you turn it on. And while it's on, it keeps track of 
the kinds of websites that you're on based on category. And it keeps track of how long you are actively engaged in those. So if you pull up a website and you leave it sit for, you know, X number of minutes, it doesn't actually track that. But while you're actively reading, actively working on that page, it keeps track and it keeps statistics of what you're reading, like, um, and how long you've been there. So it'll tell you that you've, um, you know, logged so many hours in the, you know, aerospace category or in science or in technology or whatever. And so there's a couple of things that I really like about this. Uh, number one is that this, you know, adds to the whole blended learning model by, um, by actually kind of like incentivizing kids to do some of their reading online also. Um, because there's, there's so much out there that, that kids can see. And once you start to gather those statistics, there's some fun things you can do with them. Like I know in Stack Up, you can set up these, these things called challenges where you have your entire class or your entire school or whatever um, take this challenge and you're trying to figure out who can read the most in a certain category. Like if you're studying, you know, if you're if you're studying a particular topic and there are articles that they could go read on that topic, who can accumulate the most time? But the other thing I love about this is that it'll also figure out what your top categories are and it'll suggest new resources that kids can read based on those categories. So if a kid is really into robotics and it's, it sees that one of the categories they were reading a lot about is robotics, it'll say, since you've read this and this and this, you might be interested in reading this too. And so that opens kids up to a whole new realm of kind of like free independent learning, which, um, you know, if we really want kids to be the lifelong learners that we talk about in school mission statements all the time, then we've got to give them the tools necessary to really do that learning on their own. And I think that StackUp really, really does that. It's a Chrome extension. It's all totally, totally free. You just install it. Um, it can actually be pushed out to everybody in your entire uh, school if you want it to. So um, StackUp.net is where you can go check that out. I love Stack Up, and as a former reading teacher, I really like the the advantages that that's going to give students. Because a lot of times we don't necessarily recognize the informal reading that happens along right. the way, and you know, so much of the tracking that we used to do in my class was all about you know the the books um, that they were reading in class, the novels, the assigned novels, the library books, those sorts of things. And of course, now in our our more digital environment, giving them credit and helping them see what categories, you know, they're reading from and helping them maybe become more diverse in, in the types of genres that they're reading too, I think. So I think there's a lot of advantages to, to using this and, and I'm glad you decided to share stack up. So I'm going to move on to another favorite of mine and it is Pear Deck. Yay. So I know there's a lot of fans of Pear Deck out there, but they just pushed out an update and it's even better. So the uh, Pear Deck is a standalone application, but they created, they were one of the first ones to jump on the Google Slides add-on bandwagon. And let me tell you, it's probably the best one for education right now. So if, if mm -hmm. you're looking for it, I would go get the Pear Deck add-on from the, the add-on store inside Slides and check it out. So 
the 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 things that are new is this new sidebar that you see and we've got some screenshots in our in our show notes that you can see what it looks like but now the sidebar is easier to use you can see sort of a a, a little bit of a preview of what you're working with and they've got all these amazing templates that you can pull from and what's great is they really have um had a teacher I- input into this because they're divided into three categories what you would use at the beginning of class, the middle of class, and at the end of the class. So there are things like bell ringers, checks for understanding, exit tickets, all of those types of things. But what I love about Pear Deck is it really makes the learning interactive for students. So once you create whatever it is that you're creating, so if if you have uh, different different question types that you, that you can use, by the way, I think there are five different question types in Pear Deck. And um, there's one that's called a draggable. So you can move things around on the screen. So if you've been looking for something, because a lot of people ask that question, like, is there a way to help students do this in Google Forms or wherever? I'm like, no, but you might want to try Pear Deck. So because it is an assessment tool, they can also draw, whether they're on a mobile device, drawing with their finger or drawing with their mouse. Uh, text response answers, numbers, and multiple choice. So there's all different types of questions that you can ask. And then when you present, which you have to present with Pear Deck instead of using the regular present button inside slides, and it actually opens a new window to launch it in Pear Deck. And it's so easy to use. It tells you exactly what to do, gives the kids a code to enter. And then you can give them, you know, whatever the content is that you're learning and then stop to do these these checks for understanding and have them assess. It might be something as simple as a thumbs up and thumbs down, or you might be having them, you know, label something on a map or label the parts of an atom or what, whatever the, the content happens to be. And they can draw, they can fill in the blank, they can do all kinds of things. And it, it launches in a very interactive way. And as the teacher, you can, if you choose, to also present what the responses look like. So you can pull those up as you're going. You can also easily switch gears and add a question on the fly, even as you're presenting. So I, I love that because I, I never make up my mind at a time exactly. <laughs> right. So I, I, I like to think on the fly. And of course, you can assign these things inside of Google Classroom. So so there's there's just, you know, here we go again, Google Slides, this amazing tool, this mm-hmm. Swiss Army knife uh, that, that I've decided is the yep. name again, right? But right. Um, but being able to bring these in. So if you want to check it out, go look at the show notes and we've got some screenshots so you can see what it looks like, but it's so easy to use and it's very easy to go install the add-on and just give it a try. It is a, another freemium application, but there's a lot you get for free. You can easily use this, um, f- you know, for a little while. But if you want the full version, I do have um, also a little coupon code in my ebook for three months of premium. So you can you can get all of the features and try those out for three months. And that's in my 18 challenges for 2018 ebook and the online course where I'm teaching this hands on. So just putting that out as a resource. But go check out Pear Deck. It is definitely worth your time. Yeah, yeah. Pear Deck is is awesome. In fact, I was just getting ready to do a presentation with teachers and I'm going to be interacting with them through Pear Deck and giving them an opportunity to to interact. And I mean, it really does, um, 
you know, open up the channels of communication in a different way with the classroom. And um, you can do it visually and, you know, through text. And I mean, it can even just be a real quick uh, thumbs up, thumbs down check for understanding. So yeah, this is this is a no brainer, I think. I'm, I'm getting pretty excited about Pear Deck these days. And uh, like Casey said, there's a lot that you can do with the free version. So um, in fact, that's all that I've ever used to this point, And I'm super thrilled with it. So so that's Pear Deck. Um, the next one that I wanted to talk about and the last one we've got in this group is one that has been around for a little while, one that I've um, talked about several times, but I'm always coming up with and seeing new ways to use it. And that is Screencastify. Now, if you've heard of Screencastify and have used it before, don't be like, oh, I know about this one. I'm just going to skip on past this because there are really, really cool, innovative ways to use it. So if you're not familiar with Screencastify, uh, this basically is a tool that lets you record your screen or record with your webcam or both. And it'll create this recording. Um, it can also record with your microphone too. And then once it's done, this is all done through a Chrome extension, of course. Um, in fact, the Screencastify app uh, the website, sorry, says that it's a free one-click install. So if you just click the little button, it'll put the Chrome extension in there. And so basically, you you create your recording, and then once it's done, it will save that recording directly to your Google Drive or YouTube. And being able to save it to Google Drive is huge. And it's huge because once that recording is done and a student saves it into Google Drive... You know, once something's in Google Drive, how they can turn it in to the, cl- the teacher, right? Through Google Classroom. See, I've, I've come to believe that with Screencastify, that students can create a screen recording and turn it in just as easily as if they were turning in a document. So once that's done, they can turn it in through Google Classroom. And a lot of times people think of doing screen recordings as... I'm going to put some slides up on the screen and I'm going to flip through the slides and I'm going to talk over them. And that's fine. Um, That's that's still a a viable option. Sometimes people think of it as I'm going to use it to do some sort of online tutorial where I show somebody how to use a website. And that's fine also. But we can't limit it to just that because there's a lot more that we can do with it. One of my favorite examples that I've seen recently is um, having teachers look at student work and give them verbal feedback and visual feedback by doing a screencast video. So what they do is they bring up like a document that a student has turned in and they start Screencastify. So this is the teacher recording and they have the document on the screen and they're recording with their voice. And so as they go through and they mark corrections or they mark notes, they can actually talk and show the student. And so if, you, if you're like me and you think that one of the most powerful ways to give kids feedback is one-on-one, you know, like eyeball to eyeball, knee to knee, shoulder to shoulder, don't try to make a mental picture of that. It doesn't make any sense. I just realized. But <laughs> you get the idea. Like if you can get – it's like in um, in our book, Ditch That Homework, that Alice Keeler and I wrote together. One of her favorite – one of my favorite things that she wrote in that book was one of the best things I can do is sit next to a kid. And work with them. And this basically gives you the digital version of sitting next to a kid. And then you've also got all these other great websites that we use all over the web that will mix so well with Screencastify. You've got like, um, 
uh, Google Maps Street View is one of my favorite ones. If you do a screen recording of Google Maps Street View where you put yourself down on the street using Google Maps, you can basically do a virtual walking tour. This is something I may have talked about on the podcast before, but it's really one of my favorite uses of this. So so anyway, if you're interested in Screencastify, it's another one of those freemium things. Um, but... I've, I've used the free Screencastify account for the longest time, and there's so much you can do with it. Unless you need to do just a ton of recordings, or if you need some uh, more sophisticated editing tools, you can do a lot with the free. Now, if you decide to upgrade to the premium, which I think per person per year is about 24 bucks, uh, we have a code for you. If you enter the code TRIBE at checkout, um, now if you use this code, Casey and I aren't getting compensated or anything. We just, uh, I actually just emailed uh, James Francis at Screencastify and said, hey, do you have anything we can give people? And so he get, very graciously gave us this code. So if you want to do a premium Screencastify, you can get 25% off by using the code TRIBE at checkout. So Screencastify, one of those things Things that I could go on and on and on about, and I kind of did. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's hard to stop when you like something. So, yeah, Screencastify, it, I think, is just a really fantastic solution because there are so many screencasting tools out there. And when it comes to finding an easy one to use for the classroom that syncs with Google Drive, this one's pretty tough to compete with. Right. I think. I think what it offers and how easy it is to use is pretty is pretty hard to beat so that's it's the number one uh you know the extension for screencasting that i recommend for teachers but so it's easy for teachers it's easy for students and the applications are endless so uh so kudos uh, for sharing that one matt and i do just want to go ahead and mention even though we happen to have all these little coupons going today we're not sponsored by right. any of yeah. these companies. Neither one of us are making any money. We don't want you to think that that's what this episode was about. These are just applications that we happen to love. And mm-hmm. um, and these companies have reached out and, and shared some goodies with us. So we just want to give it to you and share it with the tribe. So. Um, so we hope that you have uh, picked up some some new tricks for blending the learning in your classroom and that you'll see how some of these applications can tie so nicely into G Suite and, and give you some advantages in the classroom. Yeah. And if there are any other tools that you use that work well with G Suite, we would love to hear about those. Head on over to the GT Tribe hashtag on Twitter or you can go to googleteachertribe.com and leave us some feedback and we will pass it along. The Google Teacher Tribe podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. So let's go straight to the mailbag where we're going to start with a tweet that we got on the GT Tribe hashtag from Heather Sanders. Uh, And Heather listened to our episode on using Google Hangouts in the classroom. And she said, hey, have you heard about exploring by the seat? And Casey and I went right over to the site. I think this is something that I may have seen just a little bit before, but looking through it, this is, this is really pretty cool. They schedule all of these Google Hangouts broadcasts, um, a whole bunch of them every month. And a lot of times they have a theme and you can join right in with them. 
And so um, I was kind of looking down through this. And since this is going to be, you know, since we're releasing this episode in January, then in February, they're their featured sort of topic, I guess, is celebrating women in science, exploration, adventure, and conservation. And so looking at that, they've got some pretty cool people lined up. They've got a National Geographic Explorer, wildlife biologist, and all of these people that you can hear from. So if you've never heard Girl of this, power. this is, right, right, exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's definitely something worth checking out, I think. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Heather. I'm always looking for ways to sort of flatten the walls of our classroom. So that's a really cool one. We also have a very sweet uh, speak pipe from Lisa Gardino in California. And, and Lisa not only has some love for the tribe, but she has a really cool extreme weather choose your own adventure lesson. So take it away, Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa Gardino. I teach middle school English and I support K-8 teachers with technology integration in Northern California. And I love the podcast. I mean, I love it. I have listened every Monday since it started. Thank you so much for all of your encouragement and your help this year. What I've appreciated most is the fact that the ideas are grounded in solid pedagogy. I especially appreciated episode 29, Deep Thinking in G Suite. Your voices ring as I help my colleagues plan lessons and I plan for my own English class. I consider what students get to choose and what they're creating. This all reminds me of what Daniel Pink talks about in regards to human motivation. In order to get students motivated, they have to have autonomy, some choice, mastery, a real avenue to achievement and purpose, a true understanding of why they're doing this. Recently, I helped with an extreme weather choose your own adventure. Definitely tribe inspired. The activity empowered students to navigate through a task autonomously and create a weather broadcast for the rapid response news crew. These news broadcasts recorded with Vokaroo are available to all third graders in the district, offering a new way for very young students to add to a collective body of knowledge for their grade level. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you, Lisa, so much for your kind words. We are really happy that that the Google Teacher Tribe has been so useful for you. But your lesson sounds awesome. In fact, I'll do what I always do. I want to see it. Send me links. I want to see I want to see these kids doing these weather reports and and see exactly how this turned out. So if you have permission, uh, please, please, please share that with us somewhere. Uh, tweet us or or send us a message and let us know. But uh, what a great share and what a great idea. And I imagine many other teachers would love to learn how you did it. So thanks for sharing that, Lisa. Okay, we have been super chatty today, Matt. So it's time to wrap things up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I warn people, some days I just get chatty. So, but we do have a couple of things to share from the blogs. I I had a really big project that I finally launched and it is called the 18 Challenges for Teachers in 2018. And it is a free ebook that you can download from my website. And you can get that at shakeup.link slash 18 challenges. And it's 83 pages long and it includes all kinds of stuff. So I, I there is blood, sweat and tears on these pages. <laughs> Along with that ebook, I also have an online course. So if if a book style is not enough and you want to go deeper, you want some hands on learning, check out the, the course. It's also uh, linked on that same page. 
And uh, I hope everyone will will take the challenge and, and try some new things in 2018. For me, I published a blog post recently called Finding a Class to Partner with Virtually and Activities to Do Together. And, you know, this kind of plays very well into the recent Google Hangouts episode that we had. And if you've ever wanted to find a partner class, like a buddy class that um, you can share learning with, this kind of walks you through how to find them and then lists 20 different activities that you can do together. So um, if that sounds like something interesting to you, you can find the link to that and to Casey's post and all of that good stuff at googleteachertribe.com slash 40. That was one full episode, Casey. And I know we got lots of cool tools and ideas for doing blended and interactive learning in G Suite. So hopefully, Tribe, if you're listening to this and um, you've come away with some, some good ideas and some stuff that you can start implementing in your classroom right away. Yes. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting the tribe. And if you if you are so inclined, please leave us a review. That helps other educators find the Google Teacher Tribe. So we appreciate all of your kind words and your support and being a part of the tribe. So we hope this episode will take you further in, in the year. So thanks for listening. We will see you on the next episode. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power, and may the Googles be with you. Hey, Tribe. Well, I don't know if you've heard the big news or not with my uh, fellow co-host, but she is going to be... I need to do this again. That's, <laughs> that was weird. Darn. <laughs> trying to figure out how to do this with that. Ah! Okay. I'm going to try it again. <laughs> have people here. <laughs> 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 Click here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's enough. We talked way too long. Mm -hmm. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> totally agree. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech podcast.